Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kipley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. So today I'm here with Kelly Redmond of MGC Budget Coaching. Yes, we need a budget caregiver. So I'm so thankful to have her with me on the CarePod today uh, to discuss really how we need to manage our finances, especially in this climate and especially with the additional layer of managing our families and our caregiver, uh, the, the needs of our, of our caregivers and, and aging loved ones. So uh, Kelly specializes specifically with helping families manage their personal finances. So I'm really thankful to have you on with us today and welcome to the CarePod. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. So let's, you know, it's so timely that I'm meeting with you today because literally I, my husband is an accountant and I really feel like there are two, yes, there's the savers and the spenders. And some days I'm a saver and I'm all about it. And there's other days where I'm like, I work hard. I want to live, you know, I want to spend this because this will create more time for me, etc. i.e. Instacart. We just had a whole Instacart discussion because, you know, I love to food shop, but my time does not lend to, to that anymore. Then now you add the addition of having your own bag and the multiple products you have to lug to the car, blah, blah. So, and I spoke with another girlfriend who said, but you know what, It, I save more money because I'm one that goes grocery shopping and then I buy stuff I don't need. So what do you say, like, where is our balance, you know, and where do you begin when you sit with a family to discuss financial stability and growth? So generally what I do, because a lot of times um, the families, they don't even know where their finances are going. Like they know what they bring in, but they don't know what's going out. And so a lot of times they they find themselves scraggling for money, not realizing where all the money went. So what I have them do is to do a monthly, uh, a journal for a month to write down everything that they spend. And then at the end of the month, we get together and we look at, okay, so this is what you're spending on groceries. This is what you're spending on eating out. This is what you're spending on whatever miscellaneous things that they have. So that way, when they see that, they'll be like, okay, so then they can actually take their actual number of what they're spending based upon what they what comes in and they see exactly what they have left. And it also, you know, lets them see where they're overspending. They could be overspending in a lot of areas too. So once we get those numbers, we have a clear idea of what's coming in. We have a clear idea of what's going out. Then I have them make the necessary adjustments to see, okay, I need to stop doing this and do this. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so, so a lot me, of is there a theme? Is there a theme of, you know, where you have a client and you're just like, you know, their Instacart, for example, is their non-negotiable. Like, is there a theme that you're seeing with families of what the overspend may be or not? It's eating out. Mm. A lot of it, yeah. Yeah. They're spending a lot of things on wants versus needs. Mm. That's where the adjustment has to come in. You know, and sometimes they have to 
put away the Netflix for a little while or put away certain subscriptions that they have in order to get balanced out. And then once they balance, then they can always go back to those things if they choose to. But a lot of it I find is the eating out, the entertainment. Entertainment category is a very, yes. And post-COVID, are you seeing that because we were all inside for so long, post-COVID, are you seeing this kind of surge in that? Like I'm going out, I'm, or or is that not really? Yes a, and a, a no, thing? because, right. Yes and no, because they actually see what they were doing. You know what I mean? So they, they was like, you're stuck in a house. You see what you're doing. You see, you weren't able to spend as much as you wanted to. So some of them will say, oh, hey, look, I did have this extra money that if COVID wasn't an issue, then I would, would have been out spending that anyway. So it's kind of like a win-win per se, even though COVID's, you know, COVID was what COVID was, but it really helped them to see where they need to adjust or where they can adjust. Because some of my um, clients, they really didn't see where they had any extra additional income. And with that, you know, being at home, they said, oh, okay, so I wasn't spending so much in this area because I'm home. Now they see where they can initially put that money towards savings or as an emergency fund or towards any goals that they had set. So So this kind of teaching around the emergency fund and three months worth, et cetera, what do you say to someone that may say, listen, you know, I'm barely making ends meet and okay, I've done my monthly trends. I trim back as much as I can. I guess, you know, there are no quick answers, but you know, what is, I guess, a sure path or an expedient path to some semblance of an emergency fund? So what I normally tell them to do is if they even have $5 a pay, put $5 a pay away, just start somewhere and just keep increasing as you get paid. Or if they have like a, a side hustle that they can make extra money from, if they like to sew, if they like to make crafts or something they can sell, they can use that money and put it towards um, an emergency fund. So I try to get creative where they're not really feeling, I don't want anyone feeling bad that they don't have the money that they have. I said, just start with, you got $5, put $5 in, you know, start somewhere. It's better to start somewhere than just to not have it at all. Absolutely. That's when people have the, um, that's when they whip out the credit cards and start swiping away. And I'm trying not to add to their debt. I'm trying to get them to get, you know, to reel it back. Right. Yeah. Really back. Yes. Yes. So I ask every care pod guest their why. So take us through your journey to, you know, financial wholeness, wealth, discipline, all of that. Right. So that started years ago when I was single. Um, The church I attend, we had a class called Financial Peace University. That was through Dave Ramsey. He still has that. And I was actually facilitating that class for years, you know, and of course, through facilitating it, I had to take the class first. So I took the class and I started my own financial journey of budgeting my finances while I was single. And just doing that And also being able to help someone just gave me a peace and a joy and just a passion to just want to really help others, you know, get out of debt or set financial goals, whatever it was. I don't know. I just had this passion to really help because also um, I was raised in a single parent home. It was me and my dad. And, you know, my father didn't have a lot of money, so we didn't do a lot of the things that, you know, I'm doing now with my daughter. So looking back now, I'm like, wow, you know, if we had the money to do Disney every year, this and that, um, it would have been a whole different situation. But I wasn't raised that way. So my passion just to help others to just achieve what they want to achieve and to know that they can, to know that they don't have to live 
paycheck to paycheck and they're not always going to have a car payment just you know to get that mind get that mindset get that stinking thinking out of their mind yeah and, you know, yeah just put them on a path to financial success absolutely so it's just came from me doing it myself and where I came from being with you know in a single parent home and not having a lot just wanting to help others not you know go through the same thing that I went through Absolutely. And you know, I, I identify with that coming from a single parent household as well. And it leads me to my next question in terms of inheriting the behaviors, the financial behaviors of those that you care for. So I grew up right. in a single parent household where, you know, my mom did a lot of rob Peter to pay Paul or lay away, you know, she did what she had to do to sacrifice so that I could be all that I am. But in, in that too was bottled behavior that I had to right. then, you know, undo and still have to be mindful of. So what do you say to the family now that say the daughter or the son, the grandchildren are savers, they are properly managing funds, but now they're inheriting a whole other household or a whole other way of being as they take on the additional layers of caregiving, or those of us that are sandwiched between taking care of our nuclear families and yet, you know, now having to settle the finances of their elders. First and foremost, they have to see, make sure that they have their financial self in order and then taking on another family member. That can be a whole nother issue. So you also have to look at where their family member's financial situation is and see where you can or how you'll be able to help Um, because you may not be able to to take on all their debt and you may not be able to, you know, care for certain things. So that's where some family members might have to come in and help wherever they need to. Um, prayer, of course, if God to lead you to different organizations or foundations that can help. One of the blessings with me is I had to take care of my grandmother in from 2014 to 2016. One thing about my grandmother, though, she was a saver. She always saved. She always she was a charitable giver. She always gave, gave to her church, gave to other you know organizations. So when me and my cousin had to take her on, she, my grandmother's account, she, we didn't have to take anything from our pockets because she had everything lined up, every single thing. Amazing. She didn't. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't want to go into a home. Um, she didn't want to come live with us. She had her own home. She wanted to live there. She wanted to die there. And we tried to, you know, encourage her to go into a home. And she was like, nope, I'm going to live here. And so we had to, you know, finagle our way and find different caregivers to come and help with her. But nothing, absolutely nothing came out of our pockets. She had it all. And, and that's I wish a I would learn from her. Yes, it is. That's I wish I would sit down with her like, Grandma, how did you do that? How did you save? Because I'm telling you, everything, everything was taken care of. Wow. So, yeah, so that was, that was an extreme blessing. So I wasn't on the end of having to use my finances to take care of her. But I can imagine that there are some that do. And like I said, you have to you may have to reach out to family members, check out different organizations, um, nonprofit organizations to see where you can get the finances from um, to take care of your loved one. Yeah. And I think it's a it's an early lesson for those of us in the caregiving journey to be like your grandmother for our own children, uh, to make those early decisions now. And so right. I think where I get caught up is, you know, like I 
alluded to earlier, this kind of frugal mindset where I absolutely do nothing, (laughs) you know, or, you know, really kind of striking that balance of, you know, enjoyment and splurging in terms of travel or, you know, some vice, but at the same, but the majority of the other time, uh, really having saving mechanisms in place. Place, yes, definitely. And I wasn't even thinking about taking care of my grandmother when I was younger. I never thought I had to. The thought never came to my mind until, you know, she started falling and there was like nobody else. I was like, wow, I never even thought that I would become a caregiver. Yeah. How about it? How about it? Yeah. So do you, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts around, like, I've heard different things like split the car payment, pay the car payment or the student loan payment twice, like the one payment, but split it in two per month to avert their interest or the, you know, as much max percentage of your pre-tax money on your 401k. What are these kind of uh, tips that you offer to your clients? I think that's a great idea. If you can do it biweekly, I would definitely do it. Um, If it's in your budget and you're able to handle it without, you know, compromising somewhere else, then definitely. The quicker to pay off your debts, the better. Um, So a full payment twice monthly or? um... No, just paying like, yeah, like one payment, but breaking it up, taking half from one check and half from the other. Yeah, not paying two payments a month. And, and what's the sometimes theory that behind can that? Alleviate, well, it kind of alleviates, um, like sometimes what I notice is, you know, people generally get paid twice, twice a month. And a lot of the bills come out of that first check. So they have nothing left to spend until the following check comes up. But if you're splitting that bill in half, paying half of it, you know, out of one check and paying the other half out of the other check, you're alleviating, you know, you're leaving yourself with some money left over so you can buy groceries, so you can do co-payments when you go to the doctors, things like that. So that's the idea behind it. Nice. So you're not leaving yourself with nothing and you have to be like, how am I going to do this? for? The, I don't get paid for the next two weeks. Right. You know, and there's a surplus. Keep, yes. And there's a surplus in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my mind. What do you recommend to your clients as a reward? So now you have somebody that they've done their monthly budget. They said, you know what? I really can cut out on the takeout and the eating it, you know, the restaurants, whatever I can trim here, there. And they have shown, you know, what, what is your litmus test over time for their success? And then, you know, what do you offer it as, as a reward? Just as people are trying to lose weight, for instance, occasionally you may say, okay, you know, once in a while to have a little something is a little piece of cake is not going to hurt you. Absolutely. So what I would say is plan a weekend getaway or go to the spa, something like that. Something nice. where they're just taking care of themselves and just relaxing. But I'm down for the weekend. I think the weekend would be nice. Too. <laughs> nice weekend away. Doesn't have to be far. You don't have to get on a flight. You know what I mean? Just go, go somewhere and relax and just enjoy yourself. That's a good. That's <laughs> a good self-care. idea. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Because I was thinking more like, oh, do you say, well, now you can go buy that bag you've been eyeing or whatever, but, uh, you know, kind of sewing that back to yourself too, and your wellness is is a better, I think, better path. Absolutely. Taking care of yourself and just sit back and relax, read a book, something that you generally enjoy enjoy doing, but haven't had the chance to do, do that, even if it's once a quarter. So do you have a set period of weeks or, you know, how, tell us when someone enrolls, um, 
in your program, you know, what's your average client time or, or how do you follow right. people over time, et cetera? Sure. It's a three-month program and, and I meet with you virtually through Zoom every other week for three months. And then after the three-month period, we're going to meet six months later, nine months later, and then a year later. So nice. you got me for, yeah, I'm, I'm strict on you for nine, for three months. And then I give you a break for a few months and I <laughs> reconvene with you later to see, you know, how you're doing, you know, if we need to adjust anywhere. So it's a, it's a year, but weekly it's just for three months. Okay. And I follow up with you. So. Okay. And tell us yeah. how a client can reach you because we're international here at the care pod. So your virtual offerings, I always like to have guests, you know, promote their virtual offerings to clients because uh, it's something that people can manage, can take advantage of. So my website is www.mgcbudgetcoachingllc.com. So you can always reach me there. Um, my Instagram is the at sign MGC Budget Coaching um, LLC, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, you can give fill out my contact form on my website. Um, you can send me a message and then we'll sit down and I'll have, I'll do a free financial assessment with you, ask you some questions and see if, you know, we'd be fit for a coach coaching um, session with me. So nice. Can you describe your greatest financial, your greatest success story with a client? My greatest success story is with a married couple actually who, you know, because with, with married couples, we, we you know, I'm married, so we tend to don't like to have those budgeting conversations. So <laughs> the fact that they were able to now communicate better without having arguments and they were sitting down and having budget meetings and just, they just felt like they were, their marriage was better and their marriage was more, they were able to communicate better. So that for me was like a blessing. Yes. It wasn't even about the financial part. It was about the part that they were able to communicate better and be able to sit down and without arguing and fighting and just be able to have a peaceful conversation about money is, is great to me. It's huge. That was my biggest. It's huge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, yes. And yeah. so tell me too, do you do anything around the kids? Like in terms of uh, clients with their grands or uh, those of us with little ones, you know, in terms of uh, financial management, investing, you know, what are your tips that way? Right. Actually, no, I haven't had any clients. Um, well, I have, no, I have clients with kids, but no, I, I haven't added on a, a, a financial portion for kids yet, but that could be coming in the future. Kimberly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's so funny. There's, I find that a lot of these programs, not even just specific to finances, but um, a, a, across age, they their benchmark is like 10, where they're losing this kind of pocket of little ones that are sponges and right. uh, can also kind of a little child shall lead can, you know, help direct the trajectory of their own families by saying, you know, no, I'm going to save this or I think we should right. do this for a family trip. And so if we save this way or what have right. you so yeah right. even if it's like having, having them have little envelopes like a spending envelope a giving envelope you know and just teaching them how to give and how to save so exactly yeah. 
exactly you yes. know yes yeah because uh, i think it, oh. it you know when it when we speak about our grands and you know lessons that mm-hmm. we learn from our elders you know kind of these multi-generational programs around finances i think are uh needed as well absolutely yes yeah. I agree. I agree. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our CarePod audience? Um, just making sure that you're budgeting and that you're sticking to your financial goals. And but the most important thing is that emergency fund, because emergencies happen, unfortunately. And yes. just, just knowing that you have that extra money set aside where you don't have to worry about whipping out the credit card, putting yourself in more debt. So just making sure that you're financially secure, especially with the emergency fund. Yes. Well, that's a great emergencies do happen. You're absolutely right. Well, I'm so thankful. I look forward to more conversation and, uh, you know, more ways to kind of get this message out to those of us because, you know, money is how we move in this marketplace. So we need to to learn how to manage it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> well, thank well, you for so much me. for for joining us, and I look forward to chat with you soon. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Great information, right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com. 